Alrighty, everybody, welcome to the LTA show. I'm your host, Felix, the Asian, Felix Miyago. Today I got a special guest. I got Devin. I uh, met him at Trader Joe's, I want to say 2019? 2019? Yeah, I'd right? say about That's right. And then, uh, yeah, Devin's been doing his own thing, and uh, we met up again. It's good to see you again. Give yourself a little bit of an intro, a little background information about yourself. Yeah, nice to see you, Felix. Um, yeah, it's been a long time since we've since we've met or hang, hung out, I guess. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I met Felix in 2019 when I was working at Trader Joe's. Um, I worked there, I think, like senior year in high, senior year in high school, and yeah, right now I've just been doing my own thing. Uh, right now, what I do is I own a social media marketing agency and. I recently just started that, and that's basically what most of my days like. Nice, busy every day. Yeah, just grinding. Grinding. Mm-hmm. I know. Um, when we were working together, we were talking a little bit about like our future plans, and uh, I know you decided not to go to college. And yeah. That's totally fine. Um, and then you said you wanted to go to the military, which kind of like surprised me. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, at the time. Because you're like thinking about it. Like it was during senior year. You like were deciding if you want to go into military and then what your plans are going to be like during that next year. Mm -hmm. So, oh, just so you know, like I'm not a big fan of college, but like I'm all for education. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I have nothing against education. In fact, like... I'm more into it than you would say the average college student. Mm -hmm. um, so when I was when I was working at Trader Joe's, like the whole plan was uh, after high school I would enlist. And at the time, I think I was all, at the time I was working out and training full time to become part of the military. Um, like I used to, wa I was really heavily influenced by like the, these guys that were Navy SEALs or like these Olympic athletes or they were phenomenal athletes. And at the time that inspired me to, I wanted to join special forces. And so I was mostly training and I had this burning desire to become, to become one of those guys. Um, but, uh, I think later when COVID hit, um, I started hanging out with my family more and, mm -hmm. you know, when you, when you make a goal, I usually expect the worst to happen. And usually for military, it's, it's death. That's the worst. And... I don't think I was ready to um, make the anticipated sacrifice, even if it wasn't one. So for now, I've put that on hold, and um, yeah, I started doing some other things that I could also put my all into. Nice, nice. And are you still doing uh, rock climbing? Because I know you were working, I think, part-time, or mm -hmm. as like an instructor, or... Mm -hmm. Have you still been doing that? Yeah, so right now I'm a rock climbing coach for the team at Planet Granite. It's pretty awesome. Um, I actually just had my first shift in like a whole year after COVID. Wow. Yeah, so I guess I was technically technically laid off, but um, yeah, I started my first shift again. It's pretty cool. Just getting back into it, the climbing aspect. Dude, a lot of people like they're coming back to the gym and they're like all like 
they're not like ripped, but they're like everyone's basically Huge. restarting from where no, they're like restarting. Everyone's kind of oh. weak from where they were, you know. So trying to get back on the game. Yeah, everyone's like that right now, huh. which I totally understand. That's interesting. I mean, I'm sure it must have been like a different mindset mindset shift during the uh, whole pandemic for yourself, because. Uh, you know, you had a lot of free time probably, and since you weren't going to school, you probably found something to do to keep yourself busy. Yeah, for sure. A lot of humility and starting over. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, you also said that you were uh, gaming a lot, I think during the pandemic, right? Yeah, I was. Playing a lot of Valorant, because that was the... Uh, a little league. The, big, the biggest game. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so when, I think, I don't know when Valorant came out, but I was playing CS a lot at the time, too. Mm -hmm. And then when Valorant came out, I hopped on, I hopped on that. And <laughs> I think I was like one of the lowest, the lowest ranks when I started out. I don't, you know the ranks, like, mm -hmm. I was like silver, one, whatever. But, um, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think I ever played for fun. Because when I did play, I had like the sole purpose as like the lowest rank ever to play professionally, and I think in a few months, I I got to like the top 200 in North America. What? You didn't tell me that part. Yeah. So that was kind of cool. Yeah, I got to play with a bunch of like pros and um, yeah, awesome. Do you remember any of the names that you played with? Yeah. Um, if you're familiar with like like Valorant or like CS. Like you, hmm. I played with Jordan Fisher. If you know who that is, he's like that a broad, he's like a guy in Britain. No, that's someone else. But uh, Jordan Fisher is like a Broadway star and like an actor. Um, I, you know, I can't take some people off the top of my head. I played with Tens, and I carried him for. Um, he's like, I guess, the best player. He yeah, he is. But yeah. Anyways, yeah, I got top two hundred out of like however a million people play, but, you know, I'm not, like, the greatest or anything, I just grinded the hell out of that, and then, later on, I was, like, I decided joining a team, and then our team was pretty stacked, um, and then I think we made it to, like, top 100 teams in North America, something like that. Dang. So that was pretty cool. I didn't, I didn't play professionally, though, unfortunately. You were close to I was, um, but yeah. That is very cool. I don't think many can say I played with the greatest player <laughs> ever. I guess not. It's but, kind of... What are you about to say? When, when you play a game, like, it's kind of funny because, like, everyone, everyone knows each other because, like, everyone gets in the same exact matches. Mm -hmm. So, like, you'll always, like, play with your friends even if you don't, um... Even if you don't want to, you'll get into like a game and like, oh hey, there's Felix on their team. Is it really that close? Like you just know each other once you're at that rank? Yeah, basically. Like, like usually there's like the, the kids that play at like 3 a.m. in the morning, and then you'll always get against like the same people because there's like no one playing at that time. Wow. But yeah, I stopped doing that because um, I don't know when you grind like a game. 
like a, like a lot of like what's it called video game culture like entrepreneur culture like all of its like grind grind all day like play like 10 to 16 hours a day or like work 10 to 16 hours a day if you're like a business owner like an entrepreneur yeah and like you're bound to have like some mental health issues if you just exhaust yourself so you know i had to stop that um and balance my life out it's good that you've recognized that and took a step back and took a break for yourself because I think a lot of people, especially gamers, don't realize that they're actually burnt out mm -hmm. when they're playing. And they just don't realize how much of a toll it's already taken on them. Dude, for sure. And, like, I was watching, I think, like, a, a video with, like, a streamer. Or he's, like, a pro player. And he said, I haven't met a single person besides me that plays this professionally that doesn't have a mental health problem. They don't, that doesn't is not depressed, that doesn't have severe like anxiety. He hasn't met a single professional player that's ever had one of those problems except him. Wow. So, you know, like that's like a big issue that I don't think it's really addressed as much in Yeah. That side of the world. I think to add on to the point, like for you know, a lot of mental health I think it's also happened with like, you know, uh, sports. Like track and field. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of athletes now, like, and I'm sure you've you probably heard this, but um, during the Olympics, there was a gymnast. Uh, I think Simone Biles, yeah. Yeah, she opened up and was like, "I don't want to like, I want to take a break for myself," and a lot, she got a lot of hate for that. Mm -hmm. I think just like now, athletes are starting to realize like how much pressure they're gonna be dealt with in terms of trying to meet the expectation, especially at that level where everything counts you've like trained for four years probably even longer just to like compete at that one one time and mm -hmm. um you know people are just like overwhelmed i mean because you know when when you're doing sports you have to figure out a balance between like work you know and if you're a college student you're you know trying to maintain going to classes and then you know maintaining you know uh training days I think just a lot of athletes are now starting to recognize that or realize I'm like you know slightly improved with like mental health but uh, I think it's definitely need to uh, be addressed more in every sport yeah dude yeah for the Simone Biles I think she has there's another uh, allegation which is probably the reason why she stopped but um yeah totally on like athletes mm -hmm. they have um I think they're called sports psychologists now, mm -hmm. where their sole purpose and their sole job is when you hire them for an athlete, is it's all mindset. It's literally all mindset, all um, what you're focusing on and your thoughts. And yeah, uh, like for ath for athletes especially, it's like it's way more than way more than like I don't know how you describe it. Like it's more than five percent mental. It's way more than that and physical. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, with the podcasts that we've listened to, I know you mentioned, like, Jocko, and, uh, you know, he talks a lot about, like, mental, your know, mental awareness, and, like, you know, David Goggins, mm -hmm. I know we both, we've probably both read his book, heard about him, right. and he's, like, definitely a tough dude, but it, he mentions a lot about, like, mental aspect, because, you know, 
your your body is trying to like force you to prevent itself from hurting. It's like a defensive mechanism, but like the mind is just you know a big hurdle you got to get over, mm-hmm. and then it helps you like unlock uh, or unleash more potential in you. Because I think he mentions like you're only using like forty percent, and like I don't know, it just that kind of hit. I was like, wow. Kind of just like doubt ourselves and what we're capable of. For sure. And uh, oh, shoot, um, there's a study done. I, you know, I can't like give the correct statistics or whatever. It's all good. I mean, but there's a study done on on how the brain impacts um muscle growth or sorry muscle strength and they had like three groups one was like a control group that did nothing one was a group that they did their own bicep exercises for like a a few weeks or maybe a month and then the third one that instead of doing the actual bicep exercise they had them listening to like an audio program where they visualize themselves working out their biceps and then they found that um within those like within that month Mm -hmm. um so obviously the control group that did nothing improved zero percent, and then the guys that did work out their biceps improved twenty eight percent, and the ones that did the mental the mental exercise of imagining themselves doing the bicep mm-hmm. was twenty four percent. So it's like about the same if they they were guided through it. And wow, dude, it's so totally true. It, it's it's completely crazy. Like they improve their strength just using just like imagining it. So. Yeah, it's like a huge difference. Imagine what you could, imagine what a sports psychologist could do for you if you're like an extreme athlete. Like uh-huh. how much more you could do if you weren't like taking advantage of what you already have. Yeah, I think so, I mean that gets me excited. There, there's uh, it's, when you mentioned that study, another one that popped up in my mind was uh, I mean I don't quote me on it. I'm not I don't know the exact thing, but I know they had two different groups, and their one goal one group. Uh, no, they had three groups. Control was, they were shooting a basketball, mm-hmm. like from a three-point, and uh, they just kept doing, uh, I think, no, control was, they didn't, they didn't practice their throws at all, and then the the uh, experimental group, one of them, they had their uh, group practice uh, physically shooting it, mm-hmm. and then the third group, yeah, it's out of focus, it keeps doing that. Okay. And then the last group was they just imagined themselves shooting the three that three point shot without actually doing it, and like to add on to it, I think they like did almost as good as the people that actually practiced. Uh huh. Yeah, it's it's interesting what the uh, mind is capable of doing to yourself. It kind of just reprograms yourself. Mm-hmm. It can be a good thing. It it can be a bad thing. It just really depends on how how you use it I was um sure I was reading this book and it's called Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill you've probably heard of it it's pretty pop it's pretty popular and he told the story about his son where um he was born deaf and and he was born with no ears and he was born with like no no like connection from his like like ear area of his ear to his brain mm-hmm. so there's like nothing that could translate noise into um into hearing mm-hmm. and so but the thing is they refused to accept like their deaf child as deaf they, it, they of course they accepted him but they didn't they refused to believe that he was deaf mm-hmm. or accept that he did so they had like this burning desire for um him to hear 
-hmm. And later on in his life, uh, he became, he was, he was high school age and he tried on this, one of those, um, what's called those earpieces, those hearing aids, and it didn't work. And later they tried again and growing up, um, this kid was not even taught, he was never taught sign language. Um, he did, was able to feel the vibrations through his like, feel vibrations and be able to translate them into like a sort of like hearing, but he was never able to exactly hear. Mm-hmm. And so growing up, he would like bite on, bite on music boxes. Really? And cause the noise can, um, what's it called? It conducts through, through the box, through his teeth and he could hear it in his brain. And then eventually, cause they were trying and trying for him to hear and they believed that he could hear. Um, eventually he tried on a new hearing aid and was able to hear, which was impossible because there's no canal from his, um, where his ear would be to his brain. And so that's just through like mentality alone. Wow. So like, that is inspirational. Yeah. Like I guess desire outwits mother nature. Yeah. You got the grit mentality and you got the right support group. You could achieve anything. Perhaps. Yeah. I don't know. It's interesting. I feel like, um, I know we talked about it before the podcast, but we we can both agree that high school didn't really teach us much. (laughs) Yeah. In terms of just, like, preparing us for the real world. Because all they really taught us, I feel like, is just memorize and then regurgitate everything that you just learned Mm -hmm. but you know like in life you know you need to do taxes everybody's got to do that everybody's got to you know get a job file you know savings and all that sort of stuff I feel like they just I feel like they had it they should have added like a workshop or like on a special day dedicated just to like help high school students get an understanding of what life is going to be like past college or maybe even leading up to it, you know, Mm -hmm. like preparedness instead of just like, you know, you got to study, get good grades and then just apply to colleges and hope you get into the one you want. Yeah. And I I don't know. I feel like it just, school hasn't really changed much. I know you mentioned it uh, before the podcast about like the Cold War and like how it hasn't even changed. Yeah. In history, all this time, like, because, you know, we keep advancing. We've got new cars, we've got new technology, but, like, school really hasn't changed. Mm hmm. Like, in reality, now, like, there's jobs, like, okay, like social media marketing, like an agency, like mm-hmm. what I do, didn't exist, like, 20 years ago, right? Mm hmm. A lot of jobs that are now, that are really, like, available, like graphic design, all these new tech jobs, they didn't exist 20 years ago. So, it's kind of hard for a school to prepare you. How do you prepare for a job that doesn't exist right now? Mm-hmm. So, like, whatever, in 10 years, they're going to have some crazy, like, VR jobs or some shit. And, I don't know, this is just my take, but I think high school mainly prepares you for college. And then college prepares you for whatever degree you're getting. Um, but, yeah, they don't... Yeah. Yeah, like you said... Um, they don't teach you taxes. They don't teach you about the Federal Reserve. Not really. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I had to take my own financial literacy classes to like actually learn a little bit <laughs> about um, even through school of I don't know just financial like all the terms and that... about money that yeah. 
I think the average person should know, which is ridiculous. But yeah. Yeah, I feel like it should just be like kind of like common knowledge, common knowledge. Yeah. But instead, it's not. It's just like you kind of just learn either later on or you like learn the hard way. Yeah. I wonder why that is. I'm, I'm sure, like, not not all schools in every country are like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, we have a decent education compared to some other countries, but it could be better. Yeah. Pretty easily, pretty easy switch. Pretty easy. I feel like you mentioned a really good point, which was, like, schools don't really help you focus on what you're good at. They kind of just, you know... I want you to quickly know everything. I don't know. I feel like they just... doesn't really feel like it's a one-on-one. -on -one. It's more like... And I get it. School is supposed to teach majority of the people, not, like, work one-on-one. -on -one. Mm -hmm. But I feel like, you know, every student learns differently. And, you know, some students just prefer subjects like science more than, you know, reading or English. And it's it's important to know, like, those common things, but I feel like they should just kind of dedicate a little bit more time on what everyone's good at. Yeah. Know. Like, yeah, some people are naturally better at math, so, like, mm -hmm. I, think, I think school, like, should mainly be finding out what your strengths and weaknesses are. And then people go out, go out, out of college, like... You know, maybe they move to a new place and they don't know what they're good at and what they're bad at. So I think it's, sh I guess, it should be more about like tasting from the buffet of life, you know, trying everything that you yeah. haven't before so you know what's up. Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. I mean, you know, school's slightly getting better. I mean, there's, there's uh, new buildings being introduced new departments but I don't know I just feel like school is just kind of behind mm -hmm. from the rest of everything else going on I don't know so you said you want to talk about about you wanted to talk about what I do now correct yeah what 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 are you gonna do now uh okay so now I um I own a social media marketing agency, mm -hmm. and how it works is we provide services to like brands and businesses online for services such as like websites, Google SEO, like verification on social media, uh, social growth, PR stuff like that. Um, and basically, the type the type of business model that we have is called a white a white lab white labeling business model. Are you familiar with that what that is? I remember we went over that a little bit. Uh, so you're uh, you kind of described it. I mean, I I could be saying it wrong, but um, it's uh, you're basically having you're kind of like the middleman of everything. Like you you have the connection to help the customer get the product or what they're asking for mm -hmm. and then you get to you get to create a certain price because you have the connection with the provider or I don't, I don't know you're gonna have to explain it to me again 
and to the viewers. Okay, so if you haven't heard of what white labeling is, it's um, it refers to a sort of partnership where there's company A, um, and they produce the services and the goods, and they sell the they sell those services and goods to company B, and that company B markets markets um, whatever they're selling, and sells them to the customer. And so company A focuses on the manufacturing and fulfillment part, and company B focuses on the marketing and selling part to the customer. And so the reason why it's useful and it's effective is because they can both specialize. One will specialize in marketing and selling, one will specialize in actually producing, manufacturing, creating, and, and, and fulfilling the services. Mm -hmm. um, so the way company B benefits is because they can slap on their own logo, they can slap on their own brand, and so the customer believes that they're buying they're buying the product directly from company B. If that makes sense. So I could use this in Trader Joe's, like uh, in the context of Trader Joe's. So um, Trader Joe's is company B, right? They go to Lay's, they go to Naked. And they say, hey, we like your chips, we like your juice. We would like to buy from you at a wholesale rate, and we'll buy, we'll buy from you in bulk. And Lays and Naked are like, okay, that's, that's, that's awesome, let's do it. Um, so they sell, they sell Trader Joe's their products, and Trader Joe's can slap their own brand, they can slap their own logo on, and then that partnership enables Trader Joe's, enables Trader Joe's for them to put it in their, shop, in their store. And that way, the customers can buy directly to Trader Joe's, from Trader Joe's, and they don't have to worry about, um, yeah, Trader Joe's doesn't have to worry about creating their own food. They don't have their own factories. Oh. Yeah, that's, that's the basic concept. And what I do is, um, you know, I'm company B, and I sell directly to businesses and customers, and I rely on my partner which is Monopolize, and they do the fulfillment services for me. Wow. Now, what made you want to, like, kind of go into that? Um... Into, uh... That, like, specific thing. Yeah, like, white, white, white labeling. Like, did you, like, hear about it from, like, a video, or...? Somebody told you about it? Um, so... Like, another form of it is, like, dropshipping. You've probably heard of dropshipping or, mm -hmm. like, e-com kind of stories. Yep. And that's mostly, like, having having solely a website and driving traffic to there. And you, like, you get your, um, your products from, like, AliExpress or something. But with this way, I can sell, um... And that's normally, um, by the way, dropshipping is normally to the consumer the average consumer, the average like buyer looking online. But what I do is I sell specifically to businesses and to to other brands that are looking to grow their own business. And so I chose that because um, I can have a bigger impact overall of like promoting like businesses that I share values with. So like obviously I'm not going to work with like a tobacco company or something mm -hmm. that doesn't have the same values as I do. Um, but yeah, I can impact, um, if you zoom out, you can impact way more people. You can impact their customers by building and sharing <clears throat> their product and service that I also believe in. 
Huh. You want to be like part of the partnering process and yeah, see the result with the consumer. Mm -hmm. I would say they're also easier to work with because yeah, they're just a lot easier to work with because you can have less um less clients and still make you can have less clients whereas drop shipping you need like tons and tons of um customers huh but yeah that's very interesting you know like i'm still learning and stuff so like i'm still right now i'm still figuring out how to <clears throat> how to best provide my services and yeah i'm still learning a lot more about the industry so i'm in that stage of the process but like, yeah that's awesome i mean we got a minute left any mm -hmm. any final thoughts final things you want to say i always have the guest close it out as well uh no thanks felix for having me on i appreciate this really cool talking to you um yeah i'd love to like talk again sometime and yeah, thanks for having me on. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, we can end it there then. Yeah. <laughs>